0: John Gunter. I'm the preaching minister at the Eagle Community Church of Christ right here in Mont Bellevue, Texas. We're so happy that you found our podcast and hope it is of some value to you. We also want to invite you out anytime you have a chance. Uh, come worship with us in person. This week, we talk about Palm Sunday. We talk about what it means and uh, we kind of focus in on how are we responding after the events of Palm Sunday and Holy Week And of course, that Sunday that we're going to celebrate this next week, the Sunday of Easter. So again, thank you so much for listening. We hope uh, you have a great week. Come see us sometime. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it. As it is written, do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your King is coming Seated on a donkey's colt, at first his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. Now the crowd was with. Now that the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he had performed this sign went out to meet him. So Jesus kind of getting some some fame out of this. This guy raised a guy from the dead. And so they start to follow him. It says, so the Pharisees said to one another, see, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. And so that's the triumphal entry. But I think what, what you saw in this little section of scripture is really contained within the whole week uh, before Jesus' death. So just think about all the things that happened right before Jesus died. The last couple of weeks we've talked about uh, the moment where Jesus is able to sit down and have that final meal, the last supper, with his disciples. And think about all the things that were going on between them. Judas sitting around the same table as everyone, he is is plotting what's going through his mind is how am I going to pull this off? The disciples, as we've read, James and John especially, they were worried about, hey, what position do I get around Jesus? Can I have the right and he gets the left, or what? And how does this look? And so Jesus is still trying to teach people this last week, and he's, he's upset even that they, they've got ears that don't hear, they've got hearts that are hardened and nothing gets in. And so you've got all of these things going on. Think about the Pharisees who were trying to uh, plot to against Jesus. What you saw the the final verses there. They're kind of exasperated. Look, we've tried all of this stuff, yet all of these people keep following him. And so they're, what can we do next? And then you have things like Peter's denial. You have all of these things kind of culminating. Even Jesus. Now, the way Jesus goes to pray right before he knows it's time. And so all of things are kind of happening and swirling, and I think it's good to kind of put our minds in that same frame to understand, you know, this is complex. We're feeling a lot of things, confusion. They're, they're hearing that he's saying, I'm going to die. He predicts his death, and they're going, what am I going to do without my friend? That I've been around for three years. And so one thing I'm going to do today that is a little different is we are going to hear for about four minutes uh, a part of an excellent sermon uh, by a preacher named S.M. Lockridge. He's already passed, but he has got a delivery that is just fantastic. I couldn't, I couldn't mimic it if I tried. And so I'm gonna turn the lights off real quick. Nobody go to sleep. Don't get comfortable. Uh, but I think you'll really enjoy this as it, it kind of ties all of these things together and puts us in the frame of mind uh, as we go in Uh, to this next
1: week. It's Friday. Jesus is praying. Peter's asleep. Judas is betraying. But Sunday's coming. It's Friday. Pilate's struggling. The council is conspiring. The crowd is vilifying. They don't even know that Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The disciples are running like sheep without a shepherd. Mary's crying. Peter is denying. But they don't know that Sundays are coming. It's Friday. The Romans beat my Jesus. They robe him in scars. They crown him with thorns. But they don't know that Sunday's coming. It's Friday. See Jesus walking to Calvary. His blood dripping. His body stumbling. And his spirits burdened. But you see, it's only Friday. Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The world's winning, people are sinning, and evil's grinning. It's Friday. The soldiers nailed my Savior's hands to the cross. They nailed my Savior's feet to the cross, and then they raised him up next to criminals. It's Friday. But let me tell you something. Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The disciples are questioning what has happened to their king. And the Pharisees are celebrating that their scheming has been achieved. But they don't know. It's only Friday. Sunday's coming. It's Friday. He's hanging on the cross. Feeling forsaken by his father, left alone and dying. Can nobody save him? Oh, it's Friday, but Sundays coming. It's Friday. The earth trembles, the sky grows dark, my king yields his spirit. It's Friday. Hope is lost, death has won, sin has conquered, and Satan's just a laugh. It's Friday. Jesus is buried. A soldier stands guard, and a rock is rolled into place. But it's Friday. It is only Friday. Sunday is a cup.
0: I get goosebumps every time I watch that. What do you think about that? It's Friday. Sunday's coming. Well, we live on the other side of that Sunday, don't we? We live on the other side of all the confusion and chaos that they all experience throughout that final week of Jesus' life. We live on the other side of seeing Jesus come out of the tomb uh, to meet the disciples and, and be seen by so many people around the town. We live on the other side of that Sunday. But how many of us are still living like it's still Friday? Our lives are chaotic. We don't know where to focus. We don't know uh, what to do. Is this thing real? Is Jesus going to live through this? Is he gone away? Is my life without him? Maybe we haven't even given our lives to him. How many of us are living like it's still Friday? What I like about that is that you kind of see the whole picture, I think, in just those few minutes, don't you? You see the disciples, you see Judas, you see you see Peter who is going to den- deny Jesus even when he, he told Jesus face-to-face. There's no chance that that will ever happen. Isn't it amazing what can happen to our lives when we allow uh, the chaos of the moment to kind of take over? We end up doing things that we think we would never do. But we live on the other side of that Sunday, do we not? We don't come here every Sunday to sit here and to sing songs about a Savior who died 2,000 years ago, do we? We sing praises, we pray, we come together and encourage because Friday was not the end. Is that right? I need to hear something from you. I'm going to go back to preaching to the, the guys in the prison. you got to speak up because they're going to speak over you. Jesus is not still in the tomb, is he? He's not. Say amen to that, please, church. He is risen. That's right. So what does that mean for your life? This week, you're going to go through the whole week where, like I said, the the Church Universal sees that as a holy week where we're focusing on all the things that happened in the last week of Jesus' life. And then when we come together over here in the park next Sunday, we're gonna worship and we're gonna sing and we're gonna praise God because Friday was not the end. Jesus came out of that tomb and because of that, we worship him as our risen Savior. Had Friday been the end of the story, we wouldn't be here this morning. Our lives wouldn't need to be changed. Even the conversations that we find in Scripture that the Pharisees had would have come true because they said, you know what? People have done this before. When that guy died, it ended. And what started with Jesus and a band of a few fishermen came into this. Mont Bellevue, Texas. I've been to Israel As uh, one of the guys that I grew up going to, uh, to deer camp with, he would say, that's a long bus ride. But here we are. And so some of you need to ask yourself the question this morning, why are we here? Why am I actually here? Not just my motivation, but why is this group of people assembled? What has happened in the past? that has stood for 2,000 years, that we still believe we should meet, we should come, we should worship, we should remember when we pray for that communion (coughs) of what Jesus did oh so many years ago. And some of you are sitting here this morning, maybe not have given fully your life to Christ. That maybe, and you know, you've only dipped your toe in the water. Yeah, I like this Jesus, and I like the ideas of him, but I'm not ready to relinquish control of my life. And what I pray for us as a church is that we uh, turn our lives over in obedience to him because of that sacrifice. It is because of next Sunday that we come together, and communion is not some kind of funeral meal, right? Right? When they took the Passover, it was in celebration of what God had done for them. And when we take it every Sunday, we realize what Jesus did and the sacrifice he made and the horribleness that was Friday, but it is a celebration because of what he did on Sunday through the power of the Spirit of God. I want you to notice a couple of things in the last week of Jesus, and we'll close but I want you to notice and, and hopefully take uh, take into account what has happened here. There's two scriptures I want to read. First from Luke 22. As Jesus goes to pray, he withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. I asked Tammy to put that in the bulletin this week because too many churches in the world are out teaching about how you can get your financial blessing. And their main message is about how you, how God wants you to have this health and wealth and it's about your faith. And if you will just have enough faith, God will give you all the money and health that you desire. And my first question is, have you read scripture? Have you read the way that a man runs up to Jesus and I'll follow you wherever you go? And he says, you know what? I don't have a place to lay my head. And so we're out teaching about how we can just get all these financial blessings when the son of God walked this earth homeless. Apparently his faith wasn't strong enough. Anybody going for that this morning? No, I hope not. But notice What Jesus did. Yes, he prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. How many of you pray prayers like that? I don't want to pray a prayer like that because I know what I want. Let me just leave off the ending there. Lord, please help this cup pass from me, period. But Jesus ends it with an obedient statement. That says, not my will, not what I want, but God, I am here for what you want. And that's a statement of obedience. That is a statement of, I am in this to the end. Even though I know the end is not going to be pretty. It is not going to work out for me. We've got churches out here. uh, We talked uh, several months ago about uh, Jeremiah 29, 11 and how, how often we misuse that. And churches are out here going to Jeremiah 29, 11. I have plans to to bless you and prosper you. Not even preaching that the people that Jeremiah looked in the eyes as he said that were going to sit in that place for 70 more years. A lot of them never saw that blessing. But they were obedient. They were even told, go ahead and build houses. It's going to be a while. But we go to somewhere like that and we ignore what Jesus did. That the son of God prayed, but he prayed, not my will, but yours. And he was in it to the end. I want you to notice this from Luke 19. This is something that I have glossed over and glossed over. It's a part of the account of um, as Jesus enters uh, Jerusalem here on the donkey. I want you to notice this. Jesus says, go to the village ahead of you. And as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it, bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say, the Lord needs it. All right, next verse. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. Next verse says, they brought it to Jesus. How many of you, if you go home today and see someone grabbing some of your stuff? Some of you are reaching for your gun right now, aren't you? <laughs> but these people see see these other guys untying this, this donkey. Like, what, what are you doing? And their answer is, the Lord needs it. And what we get in Scripture is no fuss no back talk, no, you know, I'm going to need it. You know, I've got to break it. I've got to, you know, whatever. The next verse just says, and they brought it to Jesus. They said, yes. Some of you have been saying no for a long time. God has been calling you to be obedient, to use the talents he has given you right here in this place and everywhere you go throughout this community, and you have consistently said No. You have consistently made the excuse, I can't do it. I'm not worthy. My gift is not strong enough. They're a whole lot better, so I must not be able to. And we walk away. But look what happens here because people said, yeah. Now, if it were us, I'm I'm sitting here thinking the way I think, you know, you got to give me more time than this. I got to think through it. Let's put this on the schedule, right? Let's let's work this out. So, yeah, you can borrow it. It's going to cost you some money, you know. Time is money. My stuff is money. That's how we're doing. But we look here at these people who all they hear is the Lord needs it, and we're going to give it. And I think right here as people who live on the other side of that Sunday, on the other side of that Friday, knowing what Jesus went through and then was raised, we should be people eager and willing to give back to God. We should be people who are ready to serve in any way possible. I'm going to pick on the men for just a second. You guys ready? You're not. Buckle up. You get it, Chase. You didn't see it this morning, but we had to ask our Uh, song leaders to start leading the prayers because we can't get enough guys to do that every week. Now, some people have crazy schedules. We know that. But how easy is it for someone to serve in that way? Some of you are terrified. You're like, yeah, that's not easy at all. But such an easy thing. And one thing that has helped me over the years is to look back at a video like that and to understand what Jesus went through for me. And here I am worried about standing up in front of you guys. I've done it a lot now. I have yet to be uh, have anything thrown at me to be ushered out. And the occasional boo, I've probably asked for, okay? Like saying, uh, LeBron's probably the greatest. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, there it is. See, see? We live on the other side of Sunday. So what is God calling you to do? How is God calling you to serve? And not enough of us are asking that question. Because we come and we're concerned with, is John's sermon the right length or does it have the right message or does it do this or that? Is the singing right? Did Tyler sing my songs this morning? Did he get a little pitchy? Um, Pitchy, P-I, I'm sorry. (laughs) Off key. He did not. We're concerned about the consumerism side that we love so much. Did we have all the things that I expect to be here and were we absent the things I definitely don't want here? Instead of coming and worshiping and encouraging one another and lifting each other up and trying to serve together, do you come here with the question saying, how can I help someone in this room today? Instead of what am I gonna get from being here today? I promise you, if you ask the first question, you're gonna get the second. You're gonna get a blessing from that. God is gonna bless you in the the way that you serve others. But you have to live like you live on the other side of Sunday, that you have already seen Friday. And you have seen what Jesus went through for all of us. And that should empower us. That should give you a strength That should give you courage to move forward in whatever it is that God is calling you to. Scripture talks about how we are not given a spirit of fear or being timid, but a spirit of power. Some of you need to say okay to that. Quit living in fear. Start living in the power and the courage knowing what Jesus did for all of us. Are you happy about what Jesus did for you? Let's hear it. Some of you are kind of half in on that deal. What have you done for me lately? This morning. If that relationship is not right, I want you to make it right. Let's pray together. Quit the excuses. Quit thinking about all the ways you shouldn't do something and start thinking about how you can because God is God. And you serve a risen Savior. We're gonna have a song of invitation right now. We wanna wanna help you, we wanna pray with you. We wanna empower you as we uh, circle you and encourage you. Don't leave here that relationship not right. Would you come as we stand and sing?